Welcome to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast. We've been telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics all across the world since 2015, and we have over a thousand years of living with T1D on the podcast. The interviews range from incredible feats to everyday victories, and we celebrate them all just the same. Thanks for listening, and if you want to get involved even further, just send me an email at rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. We are telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics from all over the world. And my very special guests today, I'm really excited because there's two of them and that's pretty rare for the podcast, uh, are teammates on the Columbia football team, Columbia University football team, uh, Anders Hill and, uh, and Kyle Kastner. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. And, uh, and you guys are, you know, it's college football is in full swing at this point. So uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time uh, out of your schedules. We're, you know, well into September now. Um, so why don't you just take some time? Uh, let, let's get to know you guys a little bit. Uh, Anders, obviously, you're the starting quarterback. And Kyle, you play wide receiver. Um, let's, uh, what's, it, what's it like for you guys right now and getting ready for the season? And uh, just tell us a little bit about yourselves. Yeah. Uh, well, like uh, said, Anders Hill, starting quarterback, Columbia University. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. This is a great time of year right now. Fall's getting started. Uh, football season's here pretty much, just around the corner for us. So, uh, really excited just to get the season underway. Uh, I think it's going to be a good year. So, yeah, just really excited so far. Uh, this is Kyle Kastner. Uh, I play wide receiver for Columbia as well. I'm also very excited. Uh, it's an awesome time of year around campus and. Uh, around the football team and we're really hammering in all the details getting ready for week one and I think it's going to be a great year and really excited to look and we're looking forward to it great yeah we're excited to see uh, now I have a vested interest in uh, in Columbia football so I'm gonna have to you guys got a new fan now so uh, I'll, be, I'll definitely be watching it so uh, let's let's go ahead and start uh, Kyle let's start with you let's uh, because I believe if, if I'm not mistaken based on all the research I've done I think you were diagnosed with type 1 before Anders in terms of like when in what part of your life you were diagnosed correct yeah yes correct all right so why don't you walk us through sort of uh, that story if you remember it if you and uh, and kind of what was it like growing up playing football with type 1 yeah so I was diagnosed when I was seven so I've I've had it uh, for about 14 years. Um, when I was diagnosed, I actually came down with strep throat and, uh, that's why I went into the doctor and, uh, you know, I was my, went in with my family and thinking that we were just going to get, uh, some antibiotics for strep throat and, uh, came out and had diabetes. So it's kind of a shocker, um, especially not only for me, just, uh, at, at the time I really didn't know really what was going on at the age of seven. Um, really just was looking at my my parents and their reaction they were very shocked very uh it was really they were really just sad uh they didn't know what the future was going to hold for me they didn't really know a lot about diabetes either i'm the first one in my family um that was diagnosed with the disease uh so it was a first for them as well so um it was it was it was very shocking at first um it was really just getting into things getting my routines down and being able to check my blood sugar by myself without my parents uh, at that at that young of an age, I think um, it's it's very different than being diagnosed. I think as a high schooler, um, I think you would know 
you know a little bit more as a high schooler and um when I was seven I, I really was just relying on my parents and um very thankful for all the things that they did for me and they really taught me how to manage my diabetes uh like I do today yeah, and you bring up a good point because uh, I, I was diagnosed in high school as well. So, you know, I, I have distinct memory of life without diabetes, even though, you know, uh, you know, 12, 13 years later, it's a little bit blurred. Um, yeah. But, you know, for you, I mean, I don't remember that many things before I was seven years old, uh, mostly just big milestones. So like a day-to-day life type experience, like you basically felt type one your whole life. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so Anders, uh, I, I know you're from uh, you're from Boulder, Colorado. Uh, so I was doing a little research. Fairview High School. Big shout out to Tom Chambers, uh, the, the Phoenix Suns uh, forward from the NBA. A huge Tom Chambers fan. Uh, and I lived in Colorado for a few years, so I knew some guys from that area. What All about right. you? What uh, what's your uh, what's your diagnosis story? Yeah. So it was. My sophomore year of high school, uh, I think it was in February, because I know football season, yeah, it was definitely in February. Football season was, was over. We were doing indoor workouts for baseball. I was a two-sport athlete in high school, uh, football and baseball. And uh, I just remember for about a week, or I mean, even before that, I was just had cotton mouth all the time. And I was just so thirsty, like constantly drinking a bunch of water, would wake up in the middle of the night all the time, just craving water. Um, and like, I didn't really know what was going on. I thought I was just dehydrated. So I just kept trying to drink as much as I could. And then I told my mom about it and she just thought it was kind of weird. Uh, so she just like took me to the doctor and I was just like, mom, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. Like, I remember I had to be late to baseball practice or something like that, of course. Uh, but moms always have a pretty good sense for things like that. And I'm, I don't even think she thought I had diabetes or anything like that. She was just like, what is going on here? So we should just get it checked out. And going into it, I mean, I had no clue, like, what it was or anything like that when the doctor came back and told me. Um, So then after he said, I think you have type 1 diabetes, they sent me to Children's Hospital down in Denver, so about, like, an hour ride from Boulder down there. And, I mean, I had no idea what it was. I mean, Kyle mentioned he was very young when he had it, but, I mean, even in high school, like, I was really unaware of even what it was or really anything about it at all. So then that entire drive down there, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to keep playing sports or what the deal was with my health. So I was pretty scared um, about that. But I think when I got to the children's hospital and they ran a few tests and stuff, they reassured me that like everything was going to be okay if I managed it properly. And I know it was funny because actually Jay Cutler, a couple of years before, just got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was the quarterback of the Broncos. So I know pe- people don't always have the best uh, – Best feelings towards Jay Cutler, but I love that guy. So, um, yeah, he was he was one of my heroes growing up. But I mean, yeah, I'm go like Kyle said. Just, it was really just shock and a lot of just not really knowing what exactly the d- disease was, what it entailed, how I was going to manage it, and how it was going to affect my sports. But I mean, that same day that I got diagnosed with it, we had like some baseball fundraising event at uh, some bowling alley or something. So I went to it that night kind of told everyone about it and everyone was kind of shocked too they're like you're this young strong healthy looking kid like how could you have type or how could you have diabetes uh i thought that was just for like older like fat people basically and so people didn't really like understand the distinction between type one and type two and kind of what that was so i think that was kind of frustrating at times too because people were like oh you just have a really unhealthy diet like that's why you got type or that's why you got diabetes but 
they didn't really understand the distinction between type one and type two. Um, but I think people, I mean, if you just talk to people about it, it's pretty easy to explain and stuff. So I think that those first couple months for me, it was really just a very educational process, learning as much as I could about type one diabetes and how to manage it best, like what changes in my diet I could make to help me perform best as an athlete with it too. So, I mean, just kind of going off what Kyle said, no matter what age you really get diagnosed at, uh, whether you're seven or for me, I think I was 15 or 16 as a sophomore in high school. I think that unless you actually have a family member who has it, uh, a lot of people are just really unaware about it and kind of what it entails. So, And also going off what Kyle said too, no, uh, no one else in my family, anyone I'm related to has type 1 diabetes either. So it was really this very steep learning curve for me and my whole family. And my family was great about it too. I could kind of manage it a little bit more on my own being a sophomore in high school with just giving myself shots and taking my blood sugar. But I mean, my parents were great about reminding me and they did a fantastic job of just helping me any way I needed with it. Yeah. And and you guys bring up a great point about awareness. Uh, If you don't have somebody in your life immediately, whether it's a family member or a friend or like a, uh, you know, brother, sister, or, you know, close friend or or just somebody around with type one, you definitely don't know the difference. Um, And I think, you know, Anders, your story, your your diagnosis story and mine are almost are very similar. Like, go to the doctor; they say you have diabetes. Drive twenty minutes to an hour to the hospital, and not know what you know, sort of being in limbo and like all the thoughts that you have during those moments, and then getting to a children's hospital where you know they were so quick to reassure me, and it sounds like you as well that your life can be whatever it was. You know, all your dreams are still valid. But you've got to start taking care of yourself. And I think for me in that moment, I was like, as a as an athlete, as a somebody who really wanted, uh, you know, to play sports and continue to be competitive, like that was all I needed. Like, okay, that there's there is a chance I can do this. And then I think that sets you up for long term success. And yeah, there are those awkward conversations that you have to have with people. Like, oh well, the only people, only thing I know about diabetes is that my friend's grandma got her feet cut off. And I think, you, you know, you can, you can only hear that so many times without being annoyed. Um, but then you put yourself in, and this is for me specifically in the last few years, because it used to make me upset. Uh, but now I, if I had never been diagnosed, I would have the same level of awareness. And I think, you know, it sounds like you guys were both in that same boat as well with no other family members and, uh, you know, just not really knowing what you don't know. Um, and then as far as Jay Cutler is concerned, because I, I lived in Colorado and was going to uh, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, when Jay Cutler was diagnosed. Uh, and I have my feelings towards Jay Cutler as a, as a person as a, and a football player, but I have put out a, uh, a challenge that if he comes on the podcast, I will forgive and I will take back every bad thing I've ever said about him. So <laughs> uh, there is hope, Jay Cutler. There's still hope. Um, so, uh, for you guys kind of moving on like past diagnosis, uh, you're getting back into your football schedule and maybe Kyle, you take this one first and, uh, and then Anders will hear yours as well at a high level. You guys are playing high level high school athletics and now obviously division one college football, uh, as you're preparing and going into those rigorous sports schedules, I think I, when I, I would think back to some of the toughest times, it was like camps in the summertime where all day you're expected to compete, perform, lift weights, whatever it is. And there's a hundred other guys there with you that don't have to worry about their blood sugar or when they eat or, you know, whatever's going on. What were some of the challenges for you guys, um, you know, in sports? And if you remember any specific times, uh, feel free to share those as well. 
Yeah, so um, our our uh, football schedule is uh, really jam packed every day, especially during training camp before the season. Uh, two weeks straight of just uh, 13, 14 hour days, um, and I, I'm actually on an insulin pump, so um, my my routine's a little bit different than Anders being on shots. So um, my I, I guess my biggest uh, thing going throughout every day is just really being diligent about checking my blood sugar and making sure that I'm putting in the correct amount of insulin. Um, and especially when my pump is off, um, being able to take long lasting insulin and keeping on keeping everything on track um, when my pump is off is the biggest thing for me just because you never know when you're going to be able to have it on, when you're going to be able to take it off. When you're on the field, you don't want uh, the pump being connected to you. So um, I really rely on my trainers and rely on my doctors for um, the best routines that I can have to keep my blood sugar at the right level every every day. And I obviously run into problems every now and then. And um, I talk to my doctor and he helps me out and really just trying to find the best routine possible to go through these hectic days. Um, like you said, we have, we have uh, food that people don't really – uh, don't really have any issues with eating before practice. And that's something that honors and I have to really pay attention to. We don't want to load up on carbs before practice and that's going to skyrocket our blood sugar. We really have to, uh, be attentive to what we eat and, uh, when we eat it really, it's, it's really all about timing and having the best routine you can to keep your blood sugar at a constant level throughout practice and throughout the day. Yeah, I think uh, Kyle brings up a really good point there with just being more attentive to what you're actually eating. I think that, I mean, before I got diagnosed with diabetes, like you were saying, mine was in high school, so I remember a time before I had diabetes. And, and I think one of the biggest differences for me was just being aware of what I was actually putting in my body and what I was eating. So I think that's actually a positive of having diabetes. I became a lot more aware of like where my food comes from and like what kind of food I'm actually eating with just on a healthiness level I think uh, sometimes I try and just cut down on carbs and stuff like that just to keep my blood sugar more constant more steady so I'm not spiking or anything like that so I think that's actually a positive of something that's happened after I got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes just having a more healthy lifestyle and paying more attention to the food that I'm putting in my body because that's really important as an athlete um, and then kind of going off what Kyle said with training camp and with sports just in general, I think one of my biggest things I always try to do is make sure I go into a sporting event uh, on the little bit higher end of the scale just because I don't want to go low uh, during an event or something like that and have those kind of like that shakiness, those nerves that you feel when you do get low blood sugar. So I think that uh, just being hyper aware of what you're at and just constantly checking, uh, I think, is a really important thing to do as an athlete. And I mean, over the months and the years that you have it, I think everyone kind of gets a feel for what they like to be at going into a practice or going into a competition. Uh, for me, like Kyle and I talk about it sometimes, I think he likes to be a little bit higher than I do just being a receiver. He's burning uh, carbs a little bit more, running around more so than me as a quarterback. So I think that Everyone just has their own feel and what they like to be at, especially it depends on what kind of or exercise you're doing, too. If you're going on a really long run, that might be different than powerlifting or something like that. So I think that, that brings up a really good point. And then also, 
um, just being able to communicate with everyone else around you, like our training staff we have here, they always have these Gatorade shoes and Gatorade in case we do get low during a practice, something like that. They'll come right over just so we can get it back up to a level where we feel comfortable at. So I think just being hyper aware of and the more information that you have around you and the more you can communicate to people, then you'll have a really great support staff. And I think that's really all you need. And besides that, you can really do anything you want to as a diabetic. Totally agree. 100%. I think the biggest thing that I run into in terms of uh, seeing seeing diabetics out there who kind of understand how that process would work, but maybe don't have the confidence or the you know clear intention of how to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about like the recruiting process as you guys were you know looking to select uh, you know down to your last few schools and you're going on visits and you're talking to the coaching staff. And they obviously know, and and your you know your conversations there were probably like mine. Like it's not a bit, it's not an issue. I just need to the trainer needs to know so that I can have some stuff around, um, but it's not going to be a burden. And I think I felt uh, in my college career that I wanted to. I didn't. No one wants to be like a more burden than somebody else, right? It's kind of like when you're recovering from an injury, you want to just like get get it done with, do your rehab, and then get through. Because uh, you don't want any reason to be like on the radar for a negative reason from your coaching staff or whatever the case is. Um, how have you guys, you know, how were those conversations with you guys with training with the training staff? Uh, I know the trainers are my best friends uh, going through my college career, just having those conversations. And they learned a lot as well. I think about, you know, low blood sugar versus high blood sugar. And uh, I was very similar to you guys. I like to play my games about 150 to 175. Um, just because I, you know, had that flexibility, I knew that I wasn't going to drop low during the game, but also in those like high stress game situations, I would find that my blood sugar would spike up like super high just because of the stress and adrenaline. Um, mm-hmm. so how, how are the, what are those conversations like? Uh, was it hard for you guys to, uh, you know, in the recruiting process to, to bring up the type one diabetes or did it feel like, you know, this is a part of me and I really understand what I need? Yeah, I'll start this one. Uh, To be honest with me, during the recruiting process, it actually never even got brought up. I think when I talked about it with my parents and stuff, I felt like that was just kind of like a almost kind of like private thing that I didn't really think would have any effect on my athletics. And I mean, I got to play all of high school football with it, and I don't think that my level of play dropped in any way. So I didn't think that was something I really needed to bring up to the coaches when I was actually getting recruited by them. But then, like you said, with the training staff, when I got to campus uh, in the fall of my freshman year of college, uh, of course, I communicated that with all the doctors and the uh, all the athletic trainers, and then they became very hyper aware of it, too. And it was really just educating them on what felt best for me and what I think I needed to compete at the highest level I possibly could. Um, and I mean, even today, like I was telling I was talking with one of our defensive backs coaches about this interview we were going to do today and he honestly didn't even know I had type 1 diabetes so I think that it's really just like your inner circle and the people that you need to make aware of the situation that you're in I think if you can communicate that clearly to just the people that need to know that I really don't think that uh, you just really need to bring it up in any other situation like that in recruiting or anything like that because like we said before people have a lot of 
stigmas about it and might not be as educated as others are on it. So if you bring that up to a coach who has no idea about what diabetes is and the difference between type 1 and type 2, that could negatively impact you in a way if you don't have the opportunity to talk to them about it. Like if you just accidentally say it in passing and then they have to go somewhere, I think like you said, it could negatively impact someone if they don't have the ability to truly understand what it is. So I think my advice to anyone getting recruited is that I don't think it's something you really need to bring up until you're actually as a part of the program and then you can talk with the team doctors and team trainers about it. That's just my personal opinion on it. I don't know uh, what Kyle's situation was, but I mean, that's my view on the whole thing because, like I said, I don't think it's changed the way I play the game at all. I don't think it's uh, made me a lesser athlete in any way. I think it's actually helped me with just my nutrition and just being more aware of what I put into my body. So it's actually helped me in a lot of ways too. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's that personal choice, right? Um, I, I had a similar situation when I was trying to play basketball after college where – it was pretty much expressed to me that if any of the teams that I was trying to try out for knew that I had type one ahead of time or thought that it was going to be an issue that they wouldn't even look at me because of the level that I was at. Um, and so I completely kept it a secret. And, uh, until I got, I signed with it, with a team that the team that plays against the Globetrotters and they didn't even know. Um, and I never had any problems with it, but uh, it was just sort of that one thing. And I think it was a, a challenge that I took on as well because I was like, well, I really do believe that anything I can do anything as long as I prepare and have my routine and that it's not affecting my play. So I'm going to prove that right, um, mm -hmm. which is kind of I a think personal another important point too is just to be once you do get into that program or wherever you're at is just to be very upfront about it and don't really leave any mysteries out there. Uh, with the people that do need to be aware of it like your trainers and stuff like don't feel uncomfortable going up to them and telling them exactly what you need them to have on them during practice because I think that um, that's just going to make it harder for you and that's their job to be there for you so I think that being very upfront with the people you need to be upfront about it is very important but then other than that unless you're like having a educated conversation with someone about it I don't think there's really any need to bring it up in a recruiting situation. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the make sure the people that know that need to know have the right information and then, you know, use your discretion from there. Uh, Kyle, what about you? Uh, yeah, my my experience was almost exactly the same as honors. Um, my parents and I really had this conversation uh, when we started get, to get into recruiting. Um, we really we sat down and said, look, if if uh, if they if any coaching staff has a problem with me having diabetes, that's that's really not the program that I would want to be in anyway. So um, we really kept it under the radar and didn't really didn't really express, like Honor said, express that I actually had diabetes because I didn't think it affected my play. And if it, if it did affect my play, I think um, that would be a different story. It, you would also, you would want to be upfront about uh, if it would affect your play every now and then. But it, I don't think it does. I don't think it does, especially because, um, getting to know uh, your routine and getting to know the trainers that help you uh, be 100% on game day is really important. Um, I think what Andre says, being very open and honest to them is really key, really key because um, you want to be 100% when you play and you never want to be um, less than 100, I guess. Um, like we said, we want to go into a game on a little bit of a higher level just because we know that um, adrenaline, can, adrenaline can affect can affect your uh, blood sugar. So I think um, really just keeping it low key on the recruiting side was really worked for both of us, it sounds like. 
and um, once we got to our uh, desired location to being uh, really open and honest with the trainers, um, I think that situation really worked out well. Yeah, and I think what you guys said too, the, the, the very big similarity that I noticed is that you guys had the conversation with your parents, right? You decided as a family kind of how you're going to go forward. And I was very similar to you, Kyle. Like any program that thought it was going to be a big deal or, or didn't really want a, uh, a type 1 diabetic on the roster was not going to be the program for me, just ideologically. So, yeah, um, yeah I think that's a great, a, a great filter to sort of go through and, and really decide as a family what's best for you to reveal and what not to. Um, let's kind of fast forward a little bit. Cause so you guys have been teammates. This is going to be your third season together, I believe. Um, so how long did it take you guys to notice that there was another type one on the team? I know Andres, you mentioned that one of your coaches, you know, didn't even know you were a type one. Uh, was it something where, you know, you just saw, you saw somebody testing blood sugar. Did you guys know ahead of time? What's, uh, what's the story there? And then, uh, what's it like to have somebody around I- interacting in your day to day that sort of knows what you're going through? Yeah, so it's a funny story actually because Kyle uh, used to actually play quarterback. Um, so we were actually in the same meeting room, same position room, and everything like that. Um, well, hold on. Guys, you want to get a handout and a pen? Hold on one hey, second. Hey Rob, we're uh, you're fine. Getting you're good. Meeting room. <laughs> Yeah. So when we, uh, <laughs> all right, uh, yeah. All right. Give it. It's, it's all good. I, I added these uh, ahead of time. So let's. Uh, yeah. So tell us the story. You guys are in the position room. Kind of start from the beginning. From there. Yeah, so we were in the same position room together, and I think that actually, because Kyle's in the grade below me, so coming into it, I think his host actually knew uh, that he was diabetic, so we were like, what are we doing? We're just only recruiting diabetic quarterbacks? <laughs> like, what's the deal with that? It was kind of like an ongoing joke, so I think I actually knew when he came in, and it was just kind of funny. I mean, we just talked about our different experiences and stuff like that, and I mean, it was really uh, good during this camp and stuff, like if one of us was ever low before practice, like, um, hey, can I get a hit of your Gatorade you have in your locker or whatever, something like that. So I actually ran out of test strips during camp, too. I forgot to change them out, so I tested my blood sugar one night during team dinner uh, with his meter. So that was kind of funny. But, yeah, I mean, I think just helping each other out. And it's also great just to hear what uh, works for other diabetics, too. I mean, some like I might learn something from him that he does before practice or some level that he likes to be out that – could help me out in the future. So I think just hearing his experiences, what he likes, what he doesn't like, and then also just like understanding what he's going through, the same thing as me out on the field, I think was really helpful and just encouraging. Yeah, uh, for me for me as well, coming in uh, as a freshman, knowing I actually knew that Andres was diabetic coming in. Um, I think uh, one of the coaches told me uh, that he was diabetic as well. So. Um, for me, it was really helpful just knowing that, look, I'm not the only one. And uh, even the same position group, I thought I had never really been on an, on the same team as anyone else with type 1 diabetes. So it was a new experience, and I think it was an experience uh, that really helped just because, like Andres said, we really piggybacked off one another. When when one of us was low, we, uh, we fixed it with uh, whatever we had. And... Uh, when when I ran out of test strips, I tested with his meter. So 
um, I think just going hand in hand with whatever we need was really helpful and the different techniques that we use to keep our blood sugar at a constant level was really helpful as well. Just uh, hearing what he does may help what, uh, what I need during the game. So um, just to piggyback what off, off what he said, it was, it was really uh, helpful just to have another, another person with diabetes on the team. Yeah, I think I underestimated uh, the impact that having somebody that was with the same interest or in the same community as I was in with type 1 would have on me. Because uh, I never had a teammate with it. I always was very uh, closed off, not because I was embarrassed. And I think you guys would understand this. It's like, you know, you don't want to focus on the weaknesses. You're like, you get it under control and you're just doing your doing your job, doing your, you know, pushing forward. Um, and then when you find somebody, it's like, oh, you can have, you like instantly have all these things in common and all and these things that you didn't even know, uh, you would ever need to talk about. Uh, I think just being more open for me, uh, I, I have a group of like five type ones, uh, here in Dallas that I've met over the last couple of years through, uh, through an improv comedy club. So like we, we have like one interest in common and then also we have diabetes. So we can, it, it's been a very interesting, uh, fun experience just like the uh, all the things that used to not be able to talk about you have somebody like right across the room that's like oh yeah i know exactly what you're going through Mm -hmm. yeah so for you guys um you know as you as you you know progress through the ranks of college football um and you you know you're thinking about you know as, as you go and sort of join the professional ranks of uh of whatever field you might be going into what are you hopeful for from a diabetes perspective um how do you, um, and and what would you say to uh, you know to to a fan or somebody out there or or a kid who's playing high school football or wants to be wants to play college football uh, and has diabetes? Yeah, I think for me, uh, I think exercise is super important, and I mean, I can tell if I go home on vacation or something like that, and I kind of just take a break from working out because I mean we have really intense workouts when we're here. Sometimes it's nice just to go home and relax, but that does have a big effect on my blood sugar. So I think really just maintaining a healthy lifestyle, getting a lot of exercise each day and just continuing to eat healthy. I think that's kind of the combination that really helps me maintain a low A1C and a really steady blood sugar level. So I think just continuing to find uh, a passion outside of work or something like that in athletics that I can continue to do. I don't know if that's going to be CrossFit or whatever it may be, but just something that keeps me exercising on a daily basis and helping me maintain my steady blood sugars. And I'd say any advice to anyone with uh, type 1 diabetes who's young and is aspiring to be a college athlete or professional athlete or whatever else they may want to do, I'd say just look around you. I mean, we talked about Jay Culler. That was kind of my childhood hero. But I mean, you have this great blog going on. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of other great stories on here. So really just look around do your research, just understand how many athletes and how many professional collegiate and just successful people in a bunch of other fields too do have type 1 diabetes and how that hasn't stopped them from doing anything. And just a little tip of advice, maybe just don't don't shun or don't like kind of push it under the rug. I'd say just attack it head on, you know, I mean, it's a part of you now. So don't let it be the reason you can't do something. Uh, just overcome it and you can really do anything you want to. Uh, yeah, uh, for me as well. Uh, I think just to piggyback of what Andre said, living a very healthy routine lifestyle, um, I think is what I'm going to strive to do. Um, being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, I think we always really talk about it as a blessing in disguise just because 
it really helped us, uh, you know, understand what a healthy lifestyle is. Um, before, before I was diagnosed, uh, like we alluded to before, I, I don't really remember very much uh, of life without diabetes, but I know that with diabetes, I'm very cognizant about what I'm eating, about how often I check my blood sugar, and it really keeps me healthy, it keeps my A1C low, and it keeps me fit uh, throughout the year. And I think, uh, like Andre said, when you go home, you really want to relax, and it does affect your blood sugar. So having a very healthy routine lifestyle is something that um, all diabetics should really strive to do. And to kids that are looking to uh, stay in athletics uh, after being diagnosed, uh, I'd really just hit it head on, like Andre said. Um, if, if you don't know uh, what to do at first, I think it's gonna, it comes to you. And I think being open and honest about uh, having type 1 diabetes is helpful just to be honest with your trainers because they're going to help you and honest with your coaches because they'll they'll understand when your blood sugar is low that you need to get something to get your point level back up to 100%. And I think, um, like we talked about earlier, I think there's a lot more diabetics out there doing uh, unbelievable things that people may not even know about just because it's under the rug. And I think um, for the whole diabetic community, I think we need to really have uh, open and honest conversations about, you know, we're all out here doing amazing things and striving to be uh, great in many different fields, and we all have diabetes. So I think um, not being under the radar is probably the best thing for us. Yeah, I think that's a great point Kyle made too there. I think a lot of people who are athletes that do have diabetes don't want to make their success uh, necessarily about diabetes and really draw attention to that. I think they want it to be focused more on just actually what they're doing on the field as opposed to this thing that they're overcoming. So I think that if you really actually do go out there and do your research, you'll realize how many people are doing amazing things out there. Totally agree with both you guys. And I think I want to focus on something that strikes me about both you guys is that you both in your own way, uh, you don't see diabetes as a detriment. You look at it from an optimistic perspective uh, and, and what things it's added to your life uh, and given you advantages. So uh, whether that's eating healthier, understanding the importance of exercise or knowing more about your body, uh, that's super important as an athlete. But then also, you know, as you transition into the rest of your life, just understanding what happens to your body when you put certain things into it. Uh, you know, you're, you're basically, you know, and I always laugh with when I talk to younger people with diabetes is that you're little data scientists, you know, what it's going to happen if you eat something to your body and you get, you have the numbers to show it. Uh, and then you get to make decisions based on that. And I think that's really powerful getting to see that in action. Um, and you know, like you said, doing the research, like there's, I think there's never been a better time to be a type one diabetic. If there's, if there is such a thing, uh, you know, there's a lot, a lot of us out there and, and there is no cure currently. And we sort of are making the best of what we've got, but there's a lot of really inspiring people out there. Uh, if you just take the time and try to find them. Um, and yeah, that's what we're trying to do here is to, uh, to give exposure to guys like you guys, uh, to, uh, you know, to the rest of the diabetic community and celebrate those wins that you guys have just by being out on the field. Mm -hmm. One more thing Kyle said too that I think is a great point I want to draw a little bit more attention to is just how you'll kind of feel it out over time. I know that when I first got diagnosed with it, uh, just trying to figure it out with when I was exercising and during sports, I sometimes I had like the first couple of weeks I had a lot of highs and lows. But I mean, as you go and as you progress as a diabetic and out on the field, I think that you really start to get a feel for what's best for you and what you like to eat before, how much insulin you need to take before. So I think that 
if you're having like maybe some early struggles with high high and low blood sugars during athletics, don't get discouraged or anything like that. I think that it'll come to you over the next couple weeks or months and uh, everyone gets a feel for it and it won't stop you from doing anything. Totally agree. Yeah, and I think we kind of all come to our own acceptance in, in our own time uh, and to kind of be gentle with yourself when you're when you're taking yourself down those conversations. Exactly. Yep. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time today. I know you guys have been busy with practice and uh, this alumni thing, uh, but I wanted to uh, you know wish you guys the best of luck uh, in this upcoming season. We'll definitely be tracking closely, um, and you know hopefully just you know wishing all the success for both you guys. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Rob. Really appreciate it.